0: Amen. Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe. I'm the pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship, and we're glad that you've joined us today. Uh, we're going to share from the Word of God. A pray healing in your life, uh, that if something is going on with you, Jesus is the answer, real simply. I'm not going to get into a theological discussion. I just would invite you to ask Jesus to come into your life, to save you, to deliver you, and to be your Lord and your Savior, and also to heal you. And I just believe God is real faithful to his word, that he desires, he loves people. And I pray today you would experience him through this word. I ask that. So let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you that we can call upon you, that, Lord, you'd never tire of hearing us. You're not frustrated with us. You're not angry with us. Lord, in fact, Lord, today you love us. And that just continues to baffle our minds because we can't understand that. Lord, you're not like us. The Bible says that your ways are not our ways. Lord, and your thoughts are not our thoughts. They're much higher than our thoughts and and our ways. So I pray today, every person listening and here in this congregation, that every person would hear the word of God and be truly changed because of your power and your strength and your might. And so, Lord, you speak and let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth to touch our hearts forevermore. We pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. We're glad you joined us today. I'm glad all of you are here today. Turn in the book of Judges. We're going to look at something, I think, where we are in our country. Every now and then I revisit this in different ways as the Lord, I believe, shows me different things. We're going to look at Gideon, and we're going to look at what happened to him because I think some of us maybe feel like we're kind of like Gideon in this. Maybe when you read this, kind of thinking along personally, exactly, is this like me? And uh, again... Uh, I believe we'll discover that uh, that God is, uh, is going to reveal great things to your life today, set you free to be used by Him and your power and your might. We're going to look at Judges chapter 6. We're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 24. Here we go. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years He gave them into the hands of the Midianites. And because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. And they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. And they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. And Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt and the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors, and I drove them from before you and gave you you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And am I not sending you? But but Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I'll be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. And Gideon replied, If now I've found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. And please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait until you return. And Gideon went in, prepared a young goat from and from an ephah of flour. He made bread without the yeast and putting the meat in the basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth, and Gideon did so. And with the tip of the staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unliving bread, fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And but the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you're not going to die. And so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. And to this day, it stands in Oprah of the Abazites. Amen. May God add blessings to the reading of his word. The Israelites, during this time in history, had strayed away from the Lord. Okay. I look at it and if you see some similarities in regards to even uh, this country, or maybe even as we see uh, different families, or maybe our society, our culture today. Think about it in in terms of that because God gives us the Old Testament to give us examples exactly what's going to happen today too. The Old Testament's not just a history book. It actually is revealing things. And we see today the pendulum has swung. And the pendulum was swinging during this time. It has swung away from God. And the Israelites had basically ignored God and done their own thing. And we see here... That when God would send a judge, the name of the book, Gideon was a judge selected by the Lord and all, and the pendulum would come back and the, the, the suffering got so bad that they listened, cried out to the Lord and God heard them and God restored them and brought a judge in to bring about restoration and prosperity again and peace. And this is what was happening in this particular story. And then the Israelites again would forget about what God had done for them and the pendulum would swing back again. And God would faithfully bring back another judge to, uh, to be able to, to bring the people back to God. And I believe that's what's happening today, church. I believe that what you see today, that this country has strayed from the Judeo-Christian principles that it was founded upon. I believe that we see that basically we have prospered and God has blessed America and so forth. But I want to tell you, some of those blessings, I believe, have been taken for granted, obviously. Things have been taken. We have pretty much an easy street if you look at the rest of the world and how they live and some of the challenges that they have. We are really blessed in this. And sometimes those blessings can kind of override that we obviously see where, whose hand it came from and realize and be thankful for what God has done in our lives, our country, and so forth. And we begin to take credit, for, uh, obviously just take it for granted. And then we begin to fall away from the Lord. We forget about where these this came from. And so God wants to restore us. God wanted to restore the Israelites at that time. And the people cried out to the Lord. And that could be symbolic, definitely. They prayed to the Lord. And you know, when we get, when the pressure's on, me and you, I know sometimes we feel like we cry out to the Lord, don't we? And God hears us and answers our prayer, and He delivers us. And this is what was happening then. And this is what's happening in this country today. This is what happened yesterday there on the mall in Washington, D.C. with with the the Reverend Graham and so forth as the organization, people are realizing again, because the pressure's been on, because what we see happening in this country today with the riots and people doing the things that they do that they seem to have no conscience about what they're doing, they're burning things down and, and all the uh, rioting and the chaos and tumult and, and anarchy that we see today. And people are, are beginning to see today we need God. And I believe that we're going to see a move of God. And I believe the beginning tip of this is seeing big crowds of people pray and pray like we never have before. In past revivals, as I've studied them, it's very interesting as how God did this. And, and it was because people gathered and prayed. <clears throat> people uh, prayed and cried out to the Lord because the oppression was so dark during the time when John Wesley was uh, around there. He was a founder of the Methodist Church, and and all it got so dark in in uh, in England. They say that I forget the percentage, but a high percentage of the people were alcoholics, and people would rob and steal and kill. I mean, you're talking about the darkness that was in that country, and and we see a revival that took place when we look at the awakenings that took place uh, around. In that area and certainly here in this country. The first great awakening, the second great awakening. And we see that. Oh, it was because people felt like, and they begin to turn to God. You see, God doesn't want to destroy us. He loves people. He loves me and you. He loves those people that are rioting. He loves us. And yet He allows these things to happen that we will turn to Him. And that's the primary thing. He wishes none to perish but all to come to everlasting life. And He'll do things and allow things to happen for us to turn back to Him. And to cry out to Him. And this was exactly what was happening at this particular time of history. It's happening right now. We're in this time. Obviously, and God is saying, I want to do this. But you continue to rebel against me and turn away from me. But you see, when we call, call come back and we are restored and we cry cry out to the Lord, we see that God begins to restore. We see things happening today. We see people, people's hearts who were hardened begin to begin to be tenderized and begin to hear and see the things of God differently than what they had been in the past. This is what we're praying for. You see, this is why we're here, to be a witness. We're here to share that good news of Jesus Christ with other people. And, and we know some people want it, receive it, but we know there's people out there today that need to hear the good news. They're looking for hope, and they're looking for truth, and they're looking for them all in the wrong places. They need to look to Jesus. In the commentary of Unger, hey, let me read what it says about this particular time of history it says in those days there was no king in israel every man did what was right in his own eyes you see a lot of people say oh that old archaic book you know that sits on my grandmother's coffee table and all that maybe has dust on it and all that that has no more relevance to today than any time and nobody knows what it says it has no relevance relevance today and we've gotten away from the word of god amen We've gotten away from the things, the truth today. And you see, and so it says here, every man just kind of did what they wanted to do, what was right in their own eyes. And when that happens, we know there is going to be a whole lot of chaos that goes on. And we know that it won't be the things of God that will be obviously uh, taken forth into society, and to our culture today. When we get away from the Word of God and what God says, because what God says means it, and He wants to bless us with it, but He means business. He obviously will do things and allow things to happen. And here in the United States of America, again, we've been blessed because I believe it was founded upon those principles that are really solid and the values and so forth. But if we choose to walk away from God, He'll allow us to walk away. He gives us a choice, and we walked away from God. And until we here and people in this church, people in this country, repent and turn back to Him and say, Lord, we desperately need You, Get rid of my pride because I need you. We need you. I want to tell you, we'll continue down that path to destruction. We talked about it last week. And Unger says this also. He says this sentence frequently and earnestly repeated gives us the keynote of the whole book of Judges. Each tribe, there the Israelites, took thought for themselves how best to secure and maintain an adequate territory so that separate interests of all sorts soon became prevalent and regard for the general warfare, was more and more forgotten. The children of Israel did evil against Jehovah, though he had manifested special favor to them. He therefore sold them to the hands of various enemies. And then they cried out to him in their trouble, and he raised up a deliverer who saved them. The land had a period of rest. Again, the people sinned, and the same cycle was repeated. He's saying here, basically, me, myself, and I took over. They became separate tribes. They didn't think about anybody else they thought about what was best for me and what I can get out of life. And what we see here today is many things, whether it be in our political system that's going on today and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you that. It's, it's kind of like uh, a Santa Claus. And they're going to give you this and that and so forth. And this is going to be free and that's going to be free. And all of us maybe have, uh, are still not wet behind the ears, knows there's much, no such thing as free stuff, okay? Somebody's going to pay for it, okay? It's going to be me and you, but the young people today, it's me, myself, and I. If I get this over here, I don't care what happens to to future generations if I get what I want, and this is the attitude that was taking place at this particular time of history. It was a me, myself, and I type of, uh, of attitude, but we see here God is faithful, and God has not left us. God has not abandoned us. God is still on his throne. And God is saying, I want you to return. And I'm going to help you here. Listen to this story. This has been some years ago. A uh, a man named Jeff Strucker, he was U.S. Army Ranger po- posted in Somalia. And uh, he had a, He uh, eventually became a pastor or a minister there, I believe is what eventually he wound up doing. But he was in the Army at that, this particular time. For him, October the 3rd through the 4th, 1993, were the defining moments of his life. He was, one, he was one of the troops called on to go into the center of Mogadishu and to secure a building as part of a larger operation. And remember the movie Black Hawk Down that maybe you saw it. Obviously, it talked about these events that took place in Somalia. In the first trip into the city, he and most of his friends got out through a hailstone of bullets and one man was shot and killed. It was then that he felt a fear. He began to pray. And the Humvee, was painted with blood as they escaped the city with their dead and wounded comrades. And the news soon worsened. The helicopter was shot down and the team received orders to return to the melee. Yet his men understandably couldn't fight in the bloody Humvees. And so Strucker spent the next 30 to 45 minutes cleaning. No running water, only sponges and buckets. He said, I began to talk to the Lord. I thought I was going to die, he said. Feeling the fear grow, he began to ask God to protect him. But his prayer was soon changed. He said, I'll never forget this. i never forget this the rest of my life. A scene appeared in the landscape of my mind. The scene was Jesus in the garden. He clearly and honestly knew that he was going to die. And he also showed that he did not want to go to that cross and die. And I knew that I didn't want to die that night. But Jesus courageously said, God, not my will, but your will be done. If I die tonight, that's fine, as long as your will is done, Strucker said. For the first time in his life, Strucker, he said this, who had been a Christian since he was 13 years old, was prepared to die. God spoke to my mind and my heart and said, I've been protecting you every day of your life, he said. And he didn't tell me that you'll live through the night. He simply showed me my life has always been in his hands. And Strucker and his men returned to the field of fire in Mogadishu and that night and fought with God-given courage and the sergeant first class would later be rewarded the bronze star of metal and V for valor, I fought differently that night than anybody else because of my faith. Strucker said God had given him a supernatural peace in the midst of pandemonium, further firefights, and an ambush that nearly blew his Humvee off the road. I began to understand God's omnipotent power, Strucker said. He was orchestrating every single bullet that was fired that night. The peace that I had was not only for my own life, but for the lives of my soldiers. If any of them were to get shot, then that was part of God's sovereign plan, and God chose to preserve Strucker that night. Think about it here. You think about a man, he, he wasn't, he, he was not, he finally, he faced his fears, because we all have fears, and he was ready to die. He knew that at that particular time. And he was able to courageously fight the fight that he was involved in, you see. In our lives as Christians, we've got to realize, and I don't know what will happen, And we don't have the persecution here in this country like we do in other countries and so forth, but we have to come to a place where we're not, we're not afraid to die. We have to come to a place where we obviously will go forth into the fields of harvest no matter what is happening and no matter what people say. We've got to be ready, we've got to be prepared to be able to, to step out in faith out of our comfort zones and not be afraid, but you see so many of us we're afraid, we're afraid to do that, and this was what was happening with uh with our friend Gideon. He was afraid. you remember he was there on the threshing floor, he was threshing wheat, but he was under cover. He didn't want the Midianites to see him. He was hiding basically. And here the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him. Many believe the angel of the Lord was basically what's called a Christophany of Jesus. It was actually Jesus coming before he actually came. It was the pre-incarnate Jesus that that came and sat there and talked to him. Many believe that. Whenever it was referred to the angel of the Lord, it could have been definitely Jesus speaking to him that night. And remember what he said? He turned around, he's scared to death, and he said, Oh, uh, almighty warrior. And you know, Gideon probably looked around and said, Who's he talking to? I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death to be able to do because we've been attacked. We've been bruised. We've been disappointed. We've had things taken away from us. Our, our, our animals and so forth. Our crops have been destroyed and so forth. And who is this angel talking to? And besides that, being an angel, he probably was like, wow, you know, what's going on here? But Jesus appeared to him and talked to him about this because Jesus had a plan. You see, God talks to us too, doesn't he? We see that. God speaks to us today. He calls you out of darkness into His marvelous light according to uh, the Scriptures. He calls you out. If you're sitting here today and you're a Christian, you're listening to this live streaming today and, and you, you believe that, and so you've been called out of that darkness. And the Bible talks about when Jesus said, me, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. And so if you want to walk out of that darkness, begin to follow Jesus. Begin to get in on God's will in your life. Begin to ask God, what is your will for my life? And this is what was happening, you see. God sovereignly visited Gideon, a person that you would not think that he would use. And you may be sitting here today and, and all that. And I, I, I would ask the question, and maybe you hear of the streaming, is uh, do we have some Gideons here today? We have some Gideons that maybe you're sitting in the background. Maybe you're sitting and, and, and nothing. You're saying, God can't use me because I'm the least of my clan. I'm the least. And you know, Jim, you know how old I am. I, I, you can't be used. You see, God doesn't even see our chronological age like we do. God has a purpose and plan. as long as you're here, remember, until he's ready to call you, your time has not come and neither is mine. And so we've got work to do. We've got to get out today because there are many people today that need to know about the good news of Jesus Christ, need to know the hope of salvation today. And many of us, we've been given an assignment to do. And you and I are called just like Gideon was. We look at this here. Obviously, God is our source of our strength and our power. And God is the one that will provide as we step out. But we've got to step out because it's faith. It's basically faith. And God won't show you to begin with. Does God always show you to begin with? He calls you, put something on your heart, and you think, Lord, if you'll just show me how this works out, then maybe I'll step out and believe you, okay? He doesn't work like that. He waits till we step out, and then he gives the faith to take that next step. He gives you a little baby step to begin with, to step out in faith and believe it, And then he reveals more, and you go, wow, this is good. This is what I've been called to do. So we see here the call. Gideon's call of valor here. He uh, obviously, Gideon was called as a judge after seven years of cruel oppression by the Midianites. You know, I was thinking about this. We didn't have no idea the influence upon people that we have, that we meet, families, friends, people in the marketplace. We have no idea. We don't know the long-term ramifications of how a life will be impacted by our life later on. We may be dead and gone. Before that, uh, obviously, that truth is manifested. We have no idea. Because some people believe, I'm just kind of here. kind of I'm like a bump on a log. But we're here for such a time as this, right? We're here with a purpose. And we're to do God's plan and His purpose and His will. Jesus said, I don't do anything without seeing the Father do it in the first place. And I only do what pleases the Father. That's all I want to do. And just as we sang that song, we can sing that song a million times. But until we sing that song, you see, I'm not up here to give you information today. That's great. I'm up here asking the Spirit of God to work something deep in my heart and your heart that only He can do, okay? To get us out of our, our comfort zones and get us out into the marketplace. Do something, you see. I'm not just a theologian standing up here trying to give a, a study on the on the book of Judges. I'm talking about something the Spirit does deep in my heart and deep in your heart. And that's the only way the church works, you see. That's what God has called us to do. Gideon, he's back there. He's hiding. He's cowering behind that. We cower behind sometimes. We feel like I don't have a seminary degree. I don't have that. And you know what, what's happened in my lifetime? Basically, the pastor did it all. You see, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. It's not that I don't need. i got plenty to do, I want to tell you. But you see, the church is called to do the works. He says, follow me, and I'll make you fishermen of men. Follow me. He didn't just talk to a pastor. He talked to the congregation, didn't he? He said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. But the issue is we cower because we're behind the threshing floor there. And man, we're like, whoa. You know, because I don't have any experience with this. And what happens is we studied in Sunday school today. The fear of man kicks in. And we fear man more than we fear God. And when that happens, just as the pastor explained to us in Sunday school there in that recording, is that we basically put man on the throne of our hearts instead of putting God on the throne of our hearts. We take and usurp God's place in our heart. We believe man. And we're worried about what man will say. We're worried about whether or not we'll be rejected when we give a witness. We're worried about and, and so forth. And what we get, we get all bound up in bondage and so forth. And before long, we're just tight as a tick. Saying, I can't move from this because you're bound up. And God says, I've come to set you free. I want you to be free. You see, Gideon had to reach out. He had to move out. But I want you to follow the course of Gideon's life as we look at it because it's very encouraging. There's no condemnation for anybody. And this is not spoken to be condemning. This is spoken to be encouraging. And I want to tell you, our helper is Jesus. And if he didn't help me, I wouldn't be up here in front of you today. And if He didn't help you, you wouldn't have gotten out of bed this morning, right? Amen? Yeah, I would have slept in. It was a good day to sleep in. I love to sleep in on mornings like this. It's nice and sunshine and all that stuff. And the alarm goes off and I'm going, my goodness. I've I, I got something to do. And all of a sudden I realize, i got to go to church today. God gets us up. Amen? And He moves us out. Times were very hard back then. Times are hard today. Fear, listen to this, was with prime emotion of the day. How many of you know that we're walking in a country, any world of fear right now? I believe that God has, that, that the enemy has loosed, not God, but the enemy has loosed a spirit of fear all over this world. They're afraid and so forth. And I'm not saying don't be cautious. And I'm not saying to be arrogant. I'm not saying any of that. Don't get me wrong about it. But let me tell you, people are hunkered down. Uh, you know, I knew somebody I met mentioned it last week that, you know, they uh, a friend of theirs and and they were talking about, can you go out to this particular uh, gathering that we've got? No, I, can't. I haven't left the house since this stuff started back then. There are people that are, that are afraid. And we know that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind, you know. But that fear is there. Let me tell you a quote here. Max Locato says this, Fear never wrote a symphony or poem, negotiated a peace treaty, or cured a disease. Fear never pulled a family out of poverty or a country out of bigotry. Fear never saved a marriage or a business. Courage did that. Faith did that. People who refuse to consult or cower to their intimidities did that. But fear itself? Fear herds us into a prison and it slams the door. is that true? You see, we're afraid and all. We're afraid. But see, God calls us as a people of faith. God calls you and me to walk in faith because without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. He calls you and me to walk and step out in faith. And that means that all of you are Gideons in here today, aren't we? We're all Gideons. Hallelujah. Thank you. You see, we don't see ourselves as God sees us. (laughs) Jim's up there. Man, he's been trained in this stuff. He's been doing this stuff. He's got experience. He's got all this stuff. And he's coming and he's just kind of, I mean, telling me this and that. Come on, Jim. Come on. Are you kidding me? But I'm telling you today that if you step out and get out of the boat and you begin to walk, I want to tell you God will meet you where you are. But you've got to get out. I love the boat. I sit in there. It's comfortable. I love the scenery from the water and so forth. But I don't want to get out of the boat. And that's what Gideon was doing. But Gideon was being called. You see, there's a calling on your life and my life also. There's a calling on my life, and I've talked about it. And I want to ask you today, are you fulfilling that calling? You say, they're calling on you because you're a pastor. And I know that, but there's a call on your life, your life, your, your, your life, all of your lives in this place today. But are you fulfilling that calling? Are you just sort of biding time? you kind of hoping that you can get through to the next week, pay the bills. You see, I'm serving omnipotent God. I serve a God who loves me and so forth. And what do we do? And I don't, I don't minimize this. God takes care of us. He does. But are we just saying God can't take care of us financially? God can't take care of this and He can't take care of that. I want to tell you, He can do all things. You keep on. Don't give up. Keep on praying. My God is over all and He's good all the time. Amen? He doesn't change. One day He's good when He's blessing me and I'm getting all the stuff that I want and I have all the provision for me and the next day somehow He's not so good. No, He's good, good, good all the time. And Gideon was learning to trust God and that's what he's doing in your life and my life also. Obviously, God always sees more than we see. You know, He sees what you can become if you allow Him to work in your heart and life. He sees what I can become and so forth. He sees that, but we've got to get out. We've got to trust Him. And the problem is we don't trust Him. You know, can God use me to do this and do that? And God's put something on your heart and you go, that's way over my head. And in most cases, that's the truth. Why? It's because God will stretch you and God will grow your faith because He wants you to be, get strong. He wants you to exercise. He wants you to get stronger in the Lord. Amen here. He was hiding under cover here, obviously. We see here, they cried out to the Lord. Prayer movements. We're crying out to the Lord. I pray we'll have a movement of God move across this nation and people will be swept into the kingdom of God like we've never seen before. Because I see it. I told Sunday last night, every time I talk about it, there are young little kids that are not in church this morning. There are little kids all over this place that are not hearing the word of God. There are many kids a day and they keep growing up and they keep growing up and they don't know. In fact, you know, we, we know that no one takes them to church. No one tells them the gospel today. Let me tell you. And they get up older and older and older and their heart becomes harder and harder because they haven't heard that. They've not seen that influence in anybody in the family. And, and I know God is sovereign. Praise God. But many of them raised like that and they have no idea who Jesus Christ is today. And they leave this world without Jesus Christ in their life. That breaks my heart, church. That breaks my heart people today and that's hurting me too that we're not even getting back into church today and i understand the the social distancing and the mass i understand this don't get me wrong today but the people that are staying out of church you know how it is the longer you stay out of church the hard it is to go back when it's opened up again because we get in a habit and we stop doing those things today we all are creatures like that People won't get back in to hear the word, but let me tell you today, God's moving and God wants people to come into the kingdom and there's a movement of God and it is amongst young people. I love the young people's music and I watch it where concerts, concerts have been there with these groups, contemporary Christian music, singing and glorifying the Lord and places packed full of young people praising God. There's hope. But you and I have got to get out and we've got to realize we've been placed here for such a time as this. How much time longer how much longer time do you have here? How much more time do you think? Do you know? I don't know. But I want to work until God calls me home either through the rapture or else when he calls me home through obviously my passing. I want to work for the Lord. How about you? I want to do that. Gideon was obviously being chosen. We're chosen also. You know, some Christians feel like if I just sort of hide my head and put my head in the sand, that it all go away? No, it won't you know what happens is you've got to raise your banner out there in the marketplace and say, I'm a Christian. I believe, obviously, in these things. I believe, obviously, in in life. I'm a person pro-life. And I believe this today. You see, they talk about some people as being the silent majority today. We've got to be vocal about it, not arrogant, and not in any way. But we've got to stand up and make, obviously, a noise, so to speak, in this and say, no, no, and rebuke the darkness let the light of Jesus shine through us today. Gideon was scared to death. And fear just puts you in jail and slams the door behind you. And it entraps you and keeps you and me from being all that God wants. And so what do we do? We don't ever do anything. We just sort of go through long, a gagging and, and go through life. But that's not what God called us to do. You know, and he says here, God, hey, Gideon just didn't reply. Our, you know on that but listen what he's saying here he didn't say thank you for the compliment that I'm a mighty warrior here yeah and I'm ready for the battle here and so forth he said he didn't say that did he he started questioning well if the lord is with us how come all these things are happening to us he asked questions he needed some some support did god turn away from me no he began to encourage him. God is the God of all encouragement. God wants to encourage you. So you may have questions about what's going on in your life and it may be some disappointments that you've had. You can ask God, why has these things happened? And he will. He's gracious. He's a Father to us. He's tender to us. He's personal to us. And you can say, you know, Lord, what's going on here? And God has a way of showing us so that we will take that next step. And that's what He did with Gideon, actually, you see. Gideon received the following commission. He says, go. All he said you know, Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. And what he says, that's our commission To also. He said, obviously, those the things that I do, the people that follow me will do my works. In Mark chapter 16, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news. It's real simple of our commission. This is our vision. This is our mission statement, folks. He says, Go and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, they'll pick up snakes in their hands, and not a snake, obviously adversity. He's talking about adversity, we'll go through adversity. And when they drink deadly poison, when there are things that come against us, it's not going to bother us, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Keep believing our God is a healer. I can't explain in healing and so forth. I don't have to. I'm not God. All my, my responsibility is, is to pray, and that's what your responsibility is. I can't heal anybody. God does it, but God is Jehovah Rapha, which means God, our healer. He is our healer. Keep believing it today. He'll quicken something to us. I believe that I don't stop praying. I persevere. I keep praying for healing. I keep praying for deliverance. I keep on praying today. Because in that, God will, will show me what, what he wants to do. Gideon was being given a commission here. You and I are commissioned to do that. You want to know what God has for you? Go and preach the good news. <laughs> you go, I'm going to leave that to you, Jill. That's not what I'm saying. You're not getting the point of the message, folks. I'm saying go, get out and preach it. Tell him. Don't worry about what people will say about you. Tell them about it. God will give you opportunities. He's, when I get up in the morning, I say, Holy Spirit, what, what are we going to do today? And then I try to listen, be attentive. Do I always get it right? Nope, I don't. But I want to listen, and I want to step out in faith here. The Lord says, I'm sending you, but we say, but, 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 Lord, I'm too weak. But, 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 Lord, I don't know the Bible like I should. But, 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 Lord, you know, I get all, you know, people may say, you know, they come up, people today come up and say, you know, Jim, the Bible contradicts itself. You know, that's what they always say, and not That's an excuse. And no need to argue with them about it and try to, you know, and all that. What you do is tell them what Jesus has done in your life. Just tell them. Give a testimony as to what Jesus has done in your life. Just say, Jesus changed my heart. And I just want to offer that invitation to you. That you receive him also. That's all you do. You don't have to get into some type of theological argument and so forth. They always have an excuse. Just tell them what Jesus did and let God do the rest. That's all he's asking. That's what he's saying here. You know, I want everybody here to listen. Obviously here, and to the Lord's response uh, to Gideon's excuses, uh, he, he says this, I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites. The enemy has taken a lot of people's lives captive. There's a lot of territory that the enemy, the enemy of our souls, demon, uh, Satan and all his demons, they set up camp and so forth. He said, I'll be with you and I'll deliver you. And I want, to, I want to use you that people get delivered here. I don't want people to be in bondage to Satan and all these demons and all that's going on today and walking in darkness. I want them to know me. And he'll do that. You've got to step out, though. You've got to walk out by faith here. You know, here, God is with us, so we can strike down the enemy according to the Word of God. I'm confident in that. Are you? I'm confident in what God says. If He said that I'm a warrior, a mighty warrior, I believe it. And God said it, so therefore it's true. Amen. I'm a mighty warrior. I'm not what I have been and I'm not what I will be. But I am who God says I am. And I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. I am a child of God. And I've been placed here to be a light, not my light. Jesus' light reflected off of me. Because there are people walking in darkness today and it is getting real dark. But let me tell you, people are praying and the light's beginning to shine and people are going to start to squirm. People are going to begin to ask questions. Be ready, church. I told you all these years. I said, get ready. People are going to ask you questions. What about this and that? Why? It's because they're going to be looking for hope. They have no other way. You're going to be looking for hope and they'll be open to hearing what you say today. But you're not responsible. You can't save anybody. Neither can I. It has to be the Spirit of God. But if you're ready and you position yourself ready, God will use you in His kingdom. He will do mighty things through you. You see, we have authority, power, anointing to be able to to share that. You say, well, what What happens if I invite somebody to church? What if I step out and ask somebody that I know that's not in church and invite them to church and so forth? What if they reject me? So what? What if they say no? So what? What if they do that? They're not rejecting you in that sense, ultimately. They're rejecting God. You don't do that. You don't go out there. Don't be arrogant. Just say, hey, I want to tell you what God's done in my life. And just begin to talk to them about Jesus. Begin to ask them. Sometimes I'll ask people because they're talking. A lot of people I talk and they'll say they're Christian. Are you a Christian? Because you know a way to talk. Are you a Christian? I want to bless him. We're here to bless people too. We can do that. So whatever God calls you to do, step out. And begin to get involved with people today. God will use you and he'll give you the strength because he gave Gideon the strength, didn't he? And he gave Gideon the power here. We have that authority and power. So he says the request here. What does Gideon say? Okay, Lord, okay. Does he say, hey, I'll do exactly what you said? No, he's had more more. He, he went, but, 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 right? That's what we do. And then he went on. He said, give me a confirmation. Anybody ever asked that of the Lord? <laughs> I think that's you, Lord. Jim's talking to me and, and today. And I believe the Spirit of God is saying something through him. And, all, and, and I believe there's something that I, God's calling me to do. But I'm not sure but I'm going to step out in faith. You see, if you're saying, I ain't going to do it anyway, why does he want to talk to you? You just say, "Uh uh-uh, okay. (laughs) I love, hey, it's good. I've come to church today. Hey, I've done my duty and so forth. And uh, Jim's sermon was so-so. But then you go home leaving. No. He's saying, he's looking for something from you and me. He's given the invitation. He gave it to, to Gideon. Gideon said, but would you give me confirmation? You see, we can ask for confirmation. You ever have done, you stepped out in a new job or whatever, and you said Lord, I need confirmation about this. You know, we need to do that too. If you didn't in the past, God's blood covers it and go on. But he takes you right where you are right now. Isn't that good news? And he says, I want to confirm these things to you. And so Gideon says, you know, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Obviously, he gave the, the burnt offering. Fire came down. All that type of stuff took place. I mean, that was a pretty uh, uh, wonderful uh, uh, affirmation and so forth. Remember the fleece there? on the ground, that, you know, wet and dry and all that sort of stuff. You can read the rest of Gideon's life and so forth. He continued He asked that. Did God stop using him? No. But remember what happened when he went up against the army? Uh, the armies the armies were huge, and he had a big army. He said, man, I got a big army. I, I, we can take this with the Midianites, whoever it was, I believe it was Midianites, were coming against him and so forth. And God whittled his army down. <laughs> I mean, just whittled him take his army away. Why? It's because he was going to depend upon the army. For the opposing forces to be defeated. And what does he do with us? It's kind of like he strips us down because we're like, Lord, what I've got, all I have is here I am. You know, what does he say? Go, I'm sending you, and I will be with you. That's all you need. You have God. We have the Holy Spirit of God living within us. We have the same power we're living within us that raised Christ from the dead. Do you believe it? The same power. Is in me and you, if you're born again, that raised Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. And that's what he was saying. I'll be with you. He didn't say, I give you all this and give you that. You know, Lord, uh, and I ask him to give me words, definitely. But affirm it, confirm it. So the invitation's there. And see, the invitation is here today also. But also, you see the mission when he came. The Lord, take the second bull from your father's herd and one... Uh, seven years old and tear down your father's altar to Baal. This is in the uh, the next verse. What he did was, is his family built what's called Asherah poles. They were idols. They were worshiping these poles. Can you imagine that? You go, Jim, why would anybody worship a pole and all and do that and so forth? You know what we do? We do the same thing. We worship all these other things. What do people do when an NFL football game comes on? Yeah, now we're turning it off, aren't we? But before all this stuff came on, we came so politicized. But what do we do? Oh, man. I mean, we know more about than the people on that team. Every name, every statistic, everything about that person's family, about what they've done in the past and what they'll do in the future. And you know what? They know it. But do they know this book? Do they know the word of God? Do they know this word? No, they don't know where So what have we done? We've placed all of these things as an idol on our hearts. It's not an Asherah pole that obviously Gideon torn tore down. But it's all these things have taken into place in my life and your life that have usurped where God has a rightful reign. And only God has a rightful reign. I've been bought with a price and so have you. The precious blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today, all of my allegiance should be to Him, not to anything else. I'm not saying I can't enjoy this or that, but certainly if it takes precedent in your life, and that is primary your purpose, you, you this is where you and you know more about the statistics and so forth. That I'd say something else is going on, and I say maybe you need to take and, and get into the Word of God. Just read it, and I'm not condemning, not being legalistic about it. I'm just saying, do you want to know God? Or do you want to know the things of this world? One will take take your attention, and that's the question I ask myself. Also, don't get me wrong. And this was what was happening at that time, and Gideon's life began to turn at that time, and he tore down his Asherah poles because his family had worshipped idols and so forth. He tore them down, and and all he began to change. His family started started changing. Our our mission is our family, right? You know, you say, well, what mission field do you want me to go in, Jim? Well, I don't. God, whatever God wants. But I say this. He says, start in your family. Pray for your family. You can pray for your family. You can witness to them. You can share what Jesus has done in your life. You can share that. But you pray for them to begin with. I'm not saying get in and beat people over the head. I'm just saying pray for them. Be tender with them. And be honest with them. Whatever's going on, God gives you an opportunity. And I know we all have opportunities. And that's between you and the Lord, okay? I don't dictate and say this and that to get up here. I'm just saying, think about these things. Begin to share and 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 step out in faith with people, you see. Well, Gideon's response was afraid, obviously. So he did it at night and tearing down the poles. Nicodemus came by night to see Jesus. He, he recognized this could be the Messiah, remember? He came under the cover at night and Jesus, remember he asked Jesus, he said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus, actually, basically, he said nothing. Jesus said right off the bat to Nicodemus, a high official there in the government, in the, the Jewish government at that time, he said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Jesus knew that he was very influential Jew. And he knew that he kept all the religious traditions. He went to church every week. He did all the right things. He treated his family good. He had all these things set up and all that. He he attended all the feasts and so forth. And Jesus nailed him right to begin with. And he said, you must be born again. you got to be saved. you got to be changed, you see. You can't enter into heaven like you are right now. And that's what God tells us today. He said, basically, today, you've got to be born again. Do you want to know me or do you want to just continue on the same way? I just say, Lord, we need to be changed, right? I don't want to stay the same. I want to be changed. Gideon's response was he was changing and he began to make some changes. You see, revival starts in the home. Revival starts right here and I've always specified when I draw a circle around this preacher right here and step in this, this man in this, this circle, revival begins right here with me and it begins right there with you. It revivals right there. And you see when that, that spark begins to go forth and begins to, to spread, it can go through a church it can go through a society. It can go wherever. But you've got to recognize, Lord, we need you first of all. And ask God to do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't put place that hunger and thirst for righteousness. But the Bible says if we draw near to Him, you take that first step. You get out of your comfort zone and say, Lord, I want to know you. If you have that as your prayer in this place today, and you're listening here, and you have this prayer, Lord, I want to know you. And you take that step and say, I will take a step to know you. He'll step right there. He'll come right to you. But we've got to step out. He's a gentleman. He won't force that on you because it wouldn't be love in that case. We would be robots. But he looks to us to say, how are we going to respond? And the question today really in thinking about this story, how are you going to respond? Will you respond to the call? Will you actually give your life to the Lord and step out in faith and, and ask the Lord to do these things? God says that He will help you. He'll start right where you are in your family. You pray for your family. Don't stop praying. God's listening. He hasn't ignored you. You may not see immediate results, but you keep praying and you keep believing. You may be the only one that obviously is praying for that particular person. Think about it. And we get to heaven and we stand before Jesus today and he said, you know, uh, know, I was listening to you, but... But you you just stopped because you didn't think anything was happening. And I wanted you to continue to pray because I, I was getting ready to release my power in that person's life to do this and that. Maybe we sometimes stop short of right before God begins to release and obviously that we get the breakthrough. We get the breakthrough. Don't give up on your family and pray for them. Cry out to the Lord and believe God for miracles. God is a miracle. He's not short on any miracles. How many believe that today? He's not short on any miracles. My God. You know, there's a song out now. I love it. <laughs> we were listening to it on the way here. And Cindy was trying to talk. I had to cut it down some. We listened to him. But, you know, I hear the dry bones rattling. Hallelujah. You know, I don't know if y'all have heard that, but it's Elevation Worship. I hear the dry bones rattling. Okay, don't you? Ezekiel 37. I hear the dry bones rattling. God says, speak life to those dry bones. Do you hear? Can you get the obviously symbolism of what he's saying here today? He was trying to speak life back into the bones of Israel. I speak life to this country today. I hear the dry bones rattling. Been dry. Just like that revival song, you know? When the preacher is preaching from the well that is dry. We need that outpouring, don't we? We need that. But it takes, if you and I step out, I just believe God's going to do great things today. I want to be obedient. And I know you do too. It just step out in faith and believe Him because obviously we're the only ones that can make that change. God will change us, but we're the only ones that can make that decision for God to change us. It takes us to step out here. Obviously, first step is to deal with the sin. Maybe in family, wherever it may be in your life, if you... If you've got something that's just been festering, bring it to the Lord. There's no condemnation. And we pray for you. We pray. If you feel like there's a, a bondage in your life, you feel like there's just something entrapping you from your past or whatever you need prayer for, there's no, obviously, condemnation in that. Obviously, God's just saying, I want to set you free. And the church place, is placed to do that because if not, we just leave him. We continue on down the same path. Uh, Gideon stepped out in faith and he trusted God to... to uh, to protect him completely here, that renewal began in his own house here. So we've got must not allow fear to determine our destiny. You and I have a destiny in Jesus, don't we? Don't let fear determine your destiny. Uh, in the little message this morning in Sunday school, is that the fear of man is the greatest fear there is because it's real subtle. But what we do is we start worrying about what somebody else thinks more than what we think about what God is thinking about us. We worry about man. We worry about what man will say. We worry about if we testify and if we, we share or, you know, whatever it may be, If we in one way or another, that fear of man, because you all know, y'all know you, you have we all face that. It's the way the enemy stifles us. And the fear of man will stifle your testimony. Because you won't testify if you're worried about what people are going to say about you or whether or not you're going to be rejected. You're not going to tell anybody about Jesus. And I won't. Worrying about what people will say. Again, we're not responsible. All we're responsible, tell them. Tell. What's he tell Gideon? He didn't say anything but just go. I will be with you. It's the same commission that you and I have today. Obviously. We need to obviously not cower behind the threshing floor. And get behind and say I just want to make it out of this place in one piece <laughs> I want to I want to be a, a witness to the Lord how about can, can you say amen to that today can you say amen amen that I want to be a witness to the Lord today and I want to share and Lord give us strength and give us power get in um, said he was a mighty man of valor he looked around who's he talking about not me and maybe that's you said that today. You know what? I'll say it and speak it to every person in there. You're mighty, or you're a mighty man, a mighty woman, 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 a valor, of valor today. Mighty man, men and women of valor, of power, warriors in this place today. And when we pray and intercede, we don't realize the power that's released in the spirit realm. It's powerful. But we've got cast off that fear. Maybe if you need prayer about it, you got fear in your life. Because see what's happening, as I mentioned, there's been a I believe a spirit of fear has been unloosed in this country today and around the world. People are afraid to scared to death and so forth. Be careful, be be cautious, uh, wash your hands, do all that sort of stuff. But don't walk in fear. It will cripple you. It is debilitizing and it's the enemy wanting you somehow. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. I believe that's gonna be obviously just just completely blown away because of prayers of people today. Even you talk about 100,000 people praying yesterday in in unity. Do you know God's heartbeat towards uh, us when we pray in unity? Do you know? It swells, if you think about it, it swells the heart of God like we never ever could imagine of His love and His, obviously, favor upon us, His desire for us to walk as Jesus walked. That's what He's called us to do. Pray for people's healing, okay? Begin praying. Lay hands on people. It's biblical. Come together. Worship Him. Worship Him in spirit and truth. However how God brings you. I talked about in Sunday school. Just come. Feel free to worship the Lord, okay? Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Don't worship the way somebody else will. Worship the way God tells you to worship. And become. Sing these songs, these awesome songs. You're singing to God. And I know sometimes we're making some transition in the music, okay? And we've made that. And one of the reasons is, obviously, I know these things because I like them. Okay, that's one reason. But the other reason is, as many of them you're singing to God. The old hymns are very theological, and nothing wrong with that. They give you th- theological things. And some of them are definitely sing to God. But you can sing these songs to God. Don't you love singing to Him? Not just about Him. Nothing wrong with singing about Him. But when we sing to God... I just think it's something power changes your heart. Isn't it good? We're going to be singing to God when we get to heaven, aren't we? We're not going to just be singing about Him. He's going to be right there. We'll be in the presence of the Lord. We'll be in the presence of glory. Obviously, these bodies, we won't have them because they wouldn't be able to stand, obviously. And the power, the glory of God, they'd be ripped apart. So we won't have these bodies. We'd be given new bodies. Isn't that good news? Anybody here obviously saying, man, I'm ready for the exchange to take place today. Okay? Okay? I am. God's saying, just be yourself. Step out. Feel free. Be free with that. And let God lead you through that. The fear of man keeps us from doing what God calls us to do. Amen. I thank you for your attention. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. And I thank you for your word, your truth. Anybody here has never received Jesus Christ into their lives. Today may be the day. Today is the day of salvation. And so, Lord, I just ask You to touch every heart, listening by by live streaming, listening in this congregation, and that, Lord, You would uh, just touch them and speak to them and woo them, draw them. and Dear Lord, that they would surrender their lives and hearts to Jesus. If there be anybody who needs healing, we just lift them up today. We've had requests for healing here, and those watching uh, certainly may need healing. We speak healing, we pray healing, and we believe healing. Thank You, Lord there be anybody here that just says, I, I, I want to know more about Jesus today. I pray uh, that they would come to a church. We're at 925 3rd Street in Lake City. We welcome you to come here and be a part. Give us a call. Anything we can help with and so forth. Uh, we just pray that we would be able to help you and to reach out to you. We, Father, we pray blessings upon this congregation. And blessings upon those people who are watching this today in the name of Jesus. I pray what really started in this place, these four walls, will go beyond these four walls because, Father, today we know that it takes place beyond this church. It takes place in the marketplace and it's the work of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for using us. Thank you today that we're your children and that you love us so and you'll never stop loving us. I pray today these things. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We're glad that you've joined us. Come back. Join us next week. We're glad that you're uh, here. Pray blessings upon you this coming week. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.